Section 16 of the Treatises of Benvenuto Cellini on Goldsmithing and Sculpture by Benvenuto Cellini, translated by C. R. Ashby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Treatise on Goldsmithing, Chapter 15, About Medals. In dealing with these beautiful things, I will first explain to you the method adopted by the ancients, and then tell you how we are wont to go to work nowadays. As far as we can gather from the methods of this art, it appears that in the days when the art of making medals commenced to flourish in Egypt, Greece, and Rome, the rulers put the impressions of their heads on one side, and on the other some record of the great deeds they had done. What strikes us professionals, however, who look deeper into the matter, is the variety of medals struck for each emperor by a number of different masters and the reason of this is that when a new ruler was elected all the masters of the craft of medal stamping in his dominions and especially those in his immediate residence struck a medal for the occasion the prince's head on one side and on the other some commemoration of one of his deeds of honour then all the many medals were shown to the prince and his ministers and to him whose work was pronounced the best was awarded the mastership of the mint or rather the making of the dies for the coins now as to their making the first thing to be done is to make a model in white wax of the head the reverse and whatever there may be to the exact size and relief of the final work for we know this was how the ancients did it the white model in wax is made as follows Take a little pure white wax, add to it half the quantity of well-ground white lead, and a little very clean turps. It depends on the time of year as to whether you put much or little turps, winter requiring half as much again as summer. With wooden sticks, footnote, fusciletti, and footnote, it is worked on a surface of stone, bone, or black glass, and thereupon, for the ancients and the moderns are at one here, it is made in the gesso just as the cardinal's seals were, of which I erewhile told you. Then you take what are called the tercelli, or iron implements used for stamping medals, just as in the case of the pile and torcelli you used for stamping coins. Only in this case they are made alike, and not dissimilar like the latter. There is a further difference, too, and this you must be careful about. Whereas the latter were made of steel and iron, the former are of well-chosen steel and four-cornered in shape, and the one just like the other. After you have softened them in the fire in the same way as I showed you above with coins, you smooth and polish, footnote, ispianera gli, and footnote, them very carefully with soft stones and mark out the size of your medal the beading the place for the inscription and so forth with just such immovable compasses as you used before after this you begin to work with your chisels ever so carefully cutting away the steel in order to round off the form of the head in just such manner as you have it in your gesso model and in this manner little by little you hollow it out with your tools but using the punches as little as possible footnote 
di ammacare. End footnote. Because they would harden the steel, and you would not be able to remove it with your cutting tools. This was the way in which the ancients, with their wanted diligence and patience, went to work, and in the same way, using the chisels and the gravers, did they engrave their letters, and thus it comes about that on no ancient medal have I seen really good letters, though some are better than others. So much for the methods of the ancients. Now for another of our practical instances, gentle reader, always, as I have promised you, something from my own hand. It was a medal for Pope Clement the Seventh, and it had two reverses. On the front was the head of His Holiness, on the reverse side was the subject of Moses with his folk in the desert at the time of the scarcity of water. God comes to their help, bidding Aaron, Moses' brother, strike the rock with his staff, from which the living water springs. I made it just full of camels and horses and ever so many animals and crowds of people, and the little legend across it, Ut Bibat Populus. An alternative reverse bore the figure of peace, a lovely maiden with a torch in her hand, burning a pile of weapons, and at the side, the temple of Janus, with a fury bound to it, and the legend around of Claudunto Belli Porti. The dies for these medals I prepared with the Madre. Footnote. This might be translated, I sank. End footnote of which I told you before, and the punches, using them first in the same way as I did with the coins. But I must remind you how I said that the dies for the coins were not to be worked on with cutting instruments, gravers, and so forth. Here, with the medals, the contrary holds good, and as soon as you have done what you can with your madre, and the various little punches that go with it, you must needs finish the work ever so carefully with chisels and gravers. The letters are stamped in with steel punches, just as was the case with the coins. You must take heed, too, while striking, to fix your die onto a great block, footnote, tassello, end footnote, of lead. Some, when they strike coins, have used hollowed wooden blocks, footnote, Ceppi di legno bucati, end footnote, for this purpose, but this will not answer for medals, as the dies have to be much deeper cut, the relief of the medal being so much higher. Just in the same way as with the coins, you will do well to make wax impressions from time to time while you're cutting, to see how you're getting on. Likewise, before you temper the die, Footnote. Perhaps harden. See pages 68 and 70. I am indebted to Professor Roberts Austin for the following note. This passage is amplified in the next chapter, where the author treats of the hardening of metal dies. He has shown that before working on the coin dies, he has made them as soft as possible. But before they could actually be used for striking coins, they would need hardening and tempering. Hardening steel is affected by heating it to bright redness, and then quenching it in some fluid which will cool the metal with more or less rapidity, 
cold water being usually employed for this purpose hence in this chapter cellini states that there must be ten gallons of cold water in which the hot dye is quenched and kept moving as in modern practice until it is cold tempering on the other hand to which he alludes here consists in reducing the hardness of the quenched steel by heating it to a moderate temperature much below redness usually the dye would be in modern practice heated until a straw-coloured film forms on its surface probably such a film is contemplated by the author when he indicates the necessity for removing a film produced at the hardening stage by polishing with fine oxide of iron End footnote. make a few impressions on lead so as to see how the whole works together and to correct any mistakes when you are satisfied with the results set to with the tempering of the dyes like you did for the coining don't however omit to have a pitcher containing about ten gallons of water footnote the barilla is about forty pints captain victor ward tells me about twenty florentine wine flasks End footnote. when your dye is aglow grip it carefully with the tongs and quickly dip it into the water and not holding it in one position but stirring it round always keeping it under water till it hisses no longer and becomes cold then take it out and polish it up with powdered iron scale just as you did before with the coins End of section 16